This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. They have everything from Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans. They've got everything you want. I have the Saucy, which is a terrific saucepan. It has curved sides. It has a pouring spout. It has a lid. And it looks so elegant. It's really a pleasure just to look at it on the counter, even before we're using it. Yes, I love all the colors. Yeah. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code HAPPIER. That's greatjones.com, promo code HAPPIER. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we discuss cutting-edge science, the wisdom of the ages, lessons from pop culture, and our own experiences about how to be happier. This week, we'll talk about why you might revive a dormant activity, and we pose the know-yourself-better question, what kind of collector are you? I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, human nature, the five senses. I'm here in New York City in my little home office with the air conditioning off. And joining me today from Laguna Beach is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. But yes, Gretchen, I am in Laguna Beach. And so therefore, I'm using my phone to record. So apologies for any sound issues that I have today. Yes. And if you're watching on YouTube, you will see that Elizabeth's video is a little off too, but yes. you know, we're making it work. Summertime. Yeah, summertime. Now, a few updates before we launch in. In episode 358, we talked about a listener's question about dealing with a husband who constantly interrupted her. We've gotten many interesting answers and another suggestion came in. Yes, this came from Laura. She says, my suggestion is to say, hold that thought and to encourage a partner to practice doing so. If someone interrupts me with something non-urgent and unrelated while I'm speaking, I say, hold that thought. I was right in the middle of saying something. If it's related to the conversation, I say, hold that thought. Let's come back to that. And then I finish what I was saying. If I need to interrupt someone with an unrelated topic, I say, Hold that thought and add something about what they're talking about, like, hold that thought, your mom's garden. This is also helpful for external interruptions, like when the phone rings or the waiter arrives to take your order, etc. This phrase provides a mental bookmark that makes it easier to remember and return to the interrupted topic. People appreciate when I'm able to say, okay, you were telling me about your mom and her garden, and often thank me for returning to their topic. 
Using this phrase consistently as the interruptee also calls attention to how frequently a serial interrupter talks over others. I love that. Well, I really like this because it's very non-aggressive because we talked about some of these feel a little bit aggressive. Um, And I also think that it helps people feel like you really care about what they're saying because you're indicating that you want to come back to their thought. So even though you're sort of gently telling them, don't interrupt me, you're still showing interest in their thoughts. And so that did feel like a very gentle solution. Yeah. And a friend of mine had another solution, which was very simple, which is she said that when someone interrupts her, she pauses, she lets that person say whatever they want, and then she just resumes what she was saying without responding. Uh So she doesn't answer the question or address it. She just immediately starts talking. Again, this is that's a little bit more, I mean, aggressive isn't the right word. What word are we thinking? Well, it's it's a little bit more pointed. Good word. (laughs) It's a little more pointed than maybe you want to have like in a work context, but it's good in terms of just having a lot of possible tools to consider. Yes. And then in episode 386, we talked about why it was helpful to find the right metaphor. And it's been really interesting to hear about people's metaphors. Yes, Danae said, I came across a metaphor during college that has stuck with me for nearly 30 years. You can decide how to expend your mental energy by plotting things on a bullseye. The bullseye has three sections, the inner circle surrounded by two circles moving outward. In the bullseye are all things you have direct control over. What am I wearing today? Should I start that online class? Should I get married? Should I wear a mask? 85 to 90% of your mental energy should be spent attending to these decisions. The next circle contains things that you can influence. I can encourage my daughter to clean up her room. I can encourage my husband to go to the dentist. I can encourage my students to complete their assignments. But try as I might, I do not have direct control over these things. They get 10 to 15% of my mental energy. The outer ring of the bullseye contains everything else. Will it storm today? Why did I do that dumb thing in high school? Will my mom's (laughs) cancer come back? There can be some pretty big things in that outer ring, but if I can't control them, I work on shifting my focus back to that bullseye. Well, Alyssa, this reminds me of the, you and Sarah just talked about the bullseye metaphor in Happier in Hollywood, I think, the, you know, episode 271. And this was something you'd mentioned to me before. And I think this is such a useful metaphor that you two use at work. Yes. Um, and that metaphor with the bullseye is, is something a big bullseye or a small bullseye in writing? In other words, is there many ways that this pitch could work or is it a very small mm. bullseye where you'd have to be very particular in how you executed yeah. it. So we look at that with story. So yeah, I think the bullseye can can provide many different effective metaphors. Right. And then one more thing. We have an upcoming very special episode. This is episode 388. So we've got episode 390 coming up. And we are going to, we're, we're using Labor Day as a catalyst as we have for the last few years, you know, hashtag happier Labor Day as a catalyst to reflect on our own labor, our own work lives. And so what we want to include is a bunch of hacks 
So whether your work is paid or unpaid, whether it's for other people or for yourself, whatever you consider to be work, are you working from home and needing to kind of still kit out your home office properly? What are the hacks, resources, suggestions, gadgets? Like what is helping you work more effectively, however you conceive of work? Because, you know, as we all ramp up for happier Labor Day, you know, sometimes the right tool can make a huge difference in our work life. Yeah. For instance, Gretchen, I am realizing today that I need what's called a dongle so that I can turn Mm. my phone into something that I can plug headphones into. So that will Uh, be my, one of my work hacks. I have a dongle myself. (laughs) I have a fantastic thing to suggest that I'm really excited about. So cliffhanger. But another thing I wanted to mention is questions that you've asked yourself. Like, have you have you had know yourself better questions about like reevaluating work or thinking about whether to make a change? Anything that helps do a better job with your work life, um, let us know, and we will be talking about that in episode three ninety. Yay! Yeah, we love hacks and resources. Can't get enough. <laughs> this week, the try this at home suggestion is to revive a dormant activity. Now, this sort of harkens back to a discussion we had a while back about reviving a dormant friendship. Mm-hmm. And the idea was, if, you're, if you want more friends, sometimes it's easier to go back and revive a dormant friendship than to kind of make a completely new friend. So this is the person you were once close to that you've kind of drifted apart or circumstances have intervened, or you sort of never moved from being a friendly acquaintance to being a real friend, and, and now you could. And so you could revive that relationship. And now we're saying... Hey, think about reviving a dormant activity. So this is something that you used to do, that you enjoy, that for whatever reason you've dropped off from doing. And it could be something you did last year. Or it could be something you did when you were 10 years old. We, you often talk about, Gretch, do what you loved when you were 10. So this yes, could be at any right. time just something you've let go dormant. So just some examples of things. Um, One is a language that you once spoke fluently or semi-fluently and it's kind of gotten rusty. So you could brush up on a language. You could practice a musical instrument or singing or reading music. You could pick up paints or clay. Maybe you're working on a novel or some kind of writing project and re-engage with it. Maybe there's a video game you used to love to play or some other kind of game that is sort of, you know, fallen out. And, you know, fishing, tennis, skiing, basketball, bike riding, (laughs) sometimes even things that we really enjoy, for some reason, we drift away from them. So it's a great thing to revive. Yes. And Gretchen, I know exactly what dormant activity I need to revive. Ooh, And it's playing Mahjong. Yes. So, you know, for a good long time, I had my monthly Mahjong game. I talked about Mahjong on the podcast. I absolutely loved it. It brought me such joy, both spending time with people, but also just the tiles and the strategy and learning a new skill because it is a skill game and a luck game combined. And during the pandemic, I just completely stopped playing. So at first, I think I probably talked about on the show, I would play online with people. But, you know, then we all just got so sick of Zooming. 
Nobody yeah. wanted to Zoom if they didn't absolutely right. have to. So we stopped playing right. and we've never just picked it back up. So what I want to do is revive my Mahjong game because I know that it will bring me such happiness. I know it's not one of those things that I do where then you kind of dread it like you talk about. Like, is it, you know, something you really want to do or something you feel like you right. should do? This is yeah. pure fun for me. Purely something I'll look forward to. So that's what I want to revive. Well, and here's the thing, like you're talking about it, it's pure fun, which is great. And we all need to, you know, as the cat in the hat said, look at me, look at me, look at me now. It's fun to have fun, but you have to know how. So, you know, this is a way, this is how you can give yourself some fun. But here's another thing. So we talk about that we need the atmosphere of growth to be happier. There needs to be elements in our life where we feel like we're growing or learning or fixing or teaching or improving things that like that gives us is a big engine of growth. And I know, Elizabeth, you worked hard to learn the skills of Mahjong. Yes. Like, it's not, it's not easy. And so you worked hard. And so there's sort of this feeling that you're slip, it's slipping away from you. And yes. so I think if you re-engage, you'll have that fun. But you'll also get the atmosphere of growth because you'll find – at first, it's probably going to be a little frustrating when it's yeah. like, you know, it doesn't come as easily. Yeah. But then as you're regaining those skills – there's like an excitement and an energy that comes from being like, oh, yeah, plus all the relationships because it's a great game you play with other people. Yes, totally. So I'm going to do that and I can report back. Is there anything you want to revive? Now, see, I can't think of anything. So I'm going to be really reflecting on that. I'm a person of limited but extreme interests, so I got to think about that. Right. You do all your interests, like writing in your yes. quotation book and yeah. reading. And yes, if there's things you like to do, you tend to do them a lot. Yeah, that's right. Because I don't, I don't, yeah, it's not a long list, but it's an active list. So that's good. But I'm going <laughs> to see if there's something else that I, that, that I could revive. Um, but here's the thing I would say about it. You can want to do it, but like with everything, any, something that can be done at any time is often done at no time. And so if you're interested in this, it's good to think about a deliberate plan to help yourself get back into it. Put it on the schedule. Right. That's one thing to do. Like if you were sort of like, by the end of the week, I want to set up a new game, or at least I want to email everybody from the old game and say like, hey, let's get the old gang back together. Or like, give yourself a deadline, put it on the calendar. That's one thing. So and then and then think of what all the kinds of things that you might do. So like let's say you want to brush up on a language, which is something I know for many people that they're interested in reclaiming that activity. You might say, okay, once a week or once a day, I'm going to watch a TV show in that language. Maybe I'll start with subtitles and then try to go off subtitles. Or I'm going to read newspaper articles or uh, watch movies. Or, uh, you know, they say the best way is to have a romantic interest who speaks a foreign language. Yes. That's kind of hard to pick up. Uh, if you can work that in, you know, good. But somebody was saying that when they looked up things in Wikipedia, they would look it up in the other language. So there's all different kinds of things you could do. You can have a um, a partner where you speak half the time in your language that they're trying to learn and half the time in their language. There's there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that you can do. Yes, not to mention all the apps. Well, and like anything, if you're trying to get yourself to stick to a habit, use the Happier app for any kind of habit tracking. You know, if you want to keep a one sentence journal or you want to, you know, don't break the chain, there's a lot. Check out, I'll, I'll post a link to the Happier app. 
So let us know what if you do try this at home and what activity you're reclaiming. I think it'll be really interesting to see if there are patterns. You know, are they do they tend to be like physical activities? Do they tend to be related to music? Is it you know, is it about creativity? I don't I think it's going to be fascinating to know. Yes. So you can let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes. This is happiercast.com slash 388 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we have a hack that will make it easy to share a podcast episode with someone you know. But first is break. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, Gretch, it's time for this week's happiness hack, and it's all about sharing a podcast episode. Okay. So if you're listening to this, we know you like podcasts. And if you're listening, uh, not on YouTube, but like in the podcast, in a podcast app, here's the thing. Every technology is a little different. So I'm not going to go into the whole thing about like, look for the three dots that suggest that there are other options and whatever, because it's different for everyone. And that would become very tiresome and wouldn't be very useful. But I just want to say this. Because I don't know about you, Elizabeth, but I hadn't really focused on the fact that it's very easy if you just know to try to do it, to share a specific episode with somebody. Because, and I know this, because so many very thoughtful listeners have been sending me episodes of podcasts where they talk about smell or taste or color or something that's obviously related to my interest in the five senses. And I'm like, 
oh, I hadn't really noticed that you could send a specific episode because sometimes it's not like you're saying, oh, 99% Invisible is a great podcast. You're saying there's one specific episode that I think would be interesting to you. And so I was like, well, I never really thought about doing that. And then I looked on and it's very, like all this stuff, once you poke around, it's not hard. Yeah. But I hadn't really focused on it. You know, it's such a good idea because so often like someone will recommend a podcast to me, but it would be way more effective if they sent a link even to the first episode. I mean, again, it depends on if it's something you want to just recommend one particular episode or a podcast as a whole. But yes, if I could just click on a link, I'm way more likely to do it. Again, it goes back to the convenience thing you always talk about. Yes. So for instance, if someone wants to share an episode of Happier with their friend, they can just share that episode and maybe the person will listen to it. Right, right. And it's just, if if you're telling them about one specific thing, it's just going to be a lot more effective to send them that. So I would just say to everybody, like, take a minute and like poke around or look online if you need the directions, but it really isn't hard. Once you realize, oh, this is a thing that I can do. And this is so obvious. I'm sure many people are listening to this and rolling their eyes. But truly, it it wasn't until people started sending them to me that I was like, wait, I can, this is obviously a very easy thing to do. Why don't I do this? Yeah. And it's a very thoughtful thing. It is. Like it shows that if you have a conversation with someone and then, you know, you go home and you send them the link to a podcast, it shows you're thinking about them and it's free. So there's no downside. No, I think that's exactly right. Anytime someone's like anything that's even if they don't listen, if it's just like, oh, this made me think of you. It's just, it makes you feel like someone, someone's thinking about you and that's a precious thing (laughs) and it's free. (laughs) You're not even sending a postcard. Okay. Now for a know yourself better question. Yes. I love this scratch about collections. Yes. So this comes from uh, a memoir from the art historian and museum director, Kenneth Clark, uh, called Another Part of the Wood. And he observes Collectors are basically of two kinds, those who aim at completing a series and those who long to possess things that have bewitched them. The former, of whom stamp and coin collectors are the obvious examples, enjoy the pleasures of a limited aim and its comforting certainties. The latter may suffer ups and downs, changes of heart and deceptions, but they have several great advantages. They never know when some new love will inflame them. They learn a great deal more about themselves from their possessions. And in the end, they are surrounded by old friends with long love stories, which they must try hard not to tell their friends. So this is so fascinating, Grudge. I was trying to think, what kind of collector am I? And I'm kind of neither. I don't know. Um, I feel like sometimes I want to complete something and sometimes I abandon it. I feel like I'm a bit haphazard. Yeah. Well, and I will say something. When I read this, I'm like, well, Kenneth Clark is definitely on team two, not team one. But I think that I, I kind of think that both of them have a lot of value and a lot of satisfaction. And I wouldn't say that one is has definite advantages over the other, because I, I think someone who's in that school would point to a lot of things that you get from both kinds. But yeah, Elizabeth, I don't think that either one of us is much of a collector. But I will say one thing that I realized that I do sort of have a collection and I kind of shifted from type, type uh, one to type two is with children's books. Mm. Okay, so I love children's literature and young adult literature, and I have a huge library of those books. And it used to be that if I read a book and bought it, so I didn't, I didn't get it from the library, 
I felt like I should keep it. And my bookshelves were just getting like overflowing. I didn't know what to do about it. And I realized that I kind of had this idea that I should have an almost authoritative collection. Like every book I'd ever read or any book that anybody had ever admired that I had bought, I should keep. And then I realized I don't want to be the person who has the complete collection. I want to be the person who has a collection of everything that I've loved. Yeah. And that meant I could get rid of a lot of books because it might be like it's won an award or many people like this book or I enjoyed it fine, but I know that I would never reread it or want to look it up again. And so it's like, I'll let that book go and live a long and happy life with someone who will enjoy it more. So that's interesting. Um, but you know what this reminds me of in Hacks? I don't know if, oh. if you remember in Hacks yeah. when um, Jean Smart's character is so determined yes. to finish her collection. Yes. And, you know, again, I think you can get just as much yeah. of an adrenaline rush yes. from getting the stamp to complete your collection or move toward your collection as you can toward having fresh love for something yeah. new. So I'm with you. I don't think that one is better than the other. Yeah, it's like she has a porcelain collection or something, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, it's yeah. a whole hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So there is that thing. I was trying to think about our mom because I feel like mom collects. And I would say, I don't know, she's kind of both. Yes. But this is the thing. I so envy that because sometimes people want to kind of wave their hand and be like, possessions aren't important. It's kind of superficial to care about stuff. But I feel deeply that people's attachment to possessions is an expression of our identity, of our connection to other people and our memories, and that they're really, really important. And I also think that people get so much pleasure and adventure and just like appreciation for artistry and 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 materials and the world through and history like there's so much to be gained i i i really think it's admirable to be either kind of collector or like mom kind of both kinds i think it's i i really admire it yes so that is a great question it's like part of it is just like how do you deal with belongings and part of it is just like how do your passions flow yeah it's a great question and speaking of questions, we have a listener question. Uh, sometimes we have questions that we answer, and sometimes we have questions that we throw back to listeners for their answers. And that's what we have this week. Yes, this comes from Carolyn. She says, I have a milestone birthday coming up. I'll be turning 50. It seems like a good time to reflect back and also look forward. I'm wondering if you or your listeners have any ideas for how to do this. I really like your Know Yourself Better questions and making lists like 22 for 2022. Perhaps there's a list I could create or some reflection questions. I'd love some ideas. Oh, well, Gretchen, this is so good because um, this is like a whole new category for us of sort of, you know, something to do on your birthday. Right. Well, and I have to say, I have so many products for this because I love this kind of question so much. So, yeah, we have just like we have the 22 for 22 list. If you like know yourself better questions, I have know yourself better journals. So those are kind of like keepsakes and, and you can go through that. I actually have a new one that people can pre-order that's that's about transition, about embracing change. So that would be perfect for a milestone birthday. Mm. And because that's in pre-order, there's a promotion. So if you go to happiercast.com slash transitions, you can enter the promo code happierchange15 for 15% off because that one's on pre-order. The Memento book, um, which is about keeping key 
keepsakes and mementos and memorabilia and souvenirs co collected, that would be a great thing to do. You could do a one-sentence journal for the year. If you're sort of thinking of like your 50th year as like its own special thing, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot you can do with it. Yeah. And I would love to hear from people if they've done things like, for instance, written down 50 memories yes. from their life and 50 things they still want to do yeah. or 25 and 25 yeah. or 50 people that they love or whatever yeah. it is. I bet people do a lot for their 50th. I feel that's probably the biggest birthday, mm -hmm. maybe 16, turning 16 and turning tw uh, 50. So I would love to hear what kind of rituals people have surrounding it. And then, you know, other things that she also might consider adapting. We talked about keeping a timeline book in episode 188. So mm -hmm. you could do a timeline, kind of look back and then set yourself up for going forward. Um, you could, if you want to think about sort of setting yourself up for the benefit of other people, you could start your Facts of Life book. That really uh -huh. resonated with listeners. We taught, we introduced the idea of the Facts of Life book in uh, episode 185, and then we did a deep dive in 188 because people had so many great ideas about information that you should put in your Facts of Life book. And then I will also say something that a lot of people talk about is like doing a deep clean of your house. Like there's that, mm -hmm. that you know, that thing of like kind of lightening your load, cleaning up, organizing. Um, it could be a lot of work, but it is something that can feel cleansing. So again, another thing I created, because I love this kind of thing, my book Outer Order, Inner Calm has tons of ideas. If that's something that appeals to you, if you like, okay, this is the year that I tackled the basement, the garage, the guest room, the the backyard, whatever it is. Gretchen, I'm listening to this book of Ann Patchett essays called These Precious Days. Mm -hmm. And she has a great essay about that clutter clearing, clear, getting rid of things. So if anyone wants to be inspired, um, listen to that essay because it's really beautiful. I think it ran in the New Yorker. So I'll see if I can find the link, uh, oh, if it's okay. the one I'm thinking of. That ends with her struggle about what to do with her manual typewriter. Yes. It's really a great essay. Yes. So yeah, it's the calendar of catalysts. One of the things on the calendar of catalysts is the milestone birthday. So send us your ideas. Yes. Thank you, Carolyn, for bringing up that great question. Okay, coming up, I give myself a reading demerit. But first, this break. Gretch, I love eating sandwiches like a grilled cheese or a peanut butter <laughs> sandwich is my ideal lunch, but I'm very aware of my carb intake, so oftentimes I avoid sandwiches Luckily, Hero Bread has remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no-net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories. Plus, it has protein and fiber. I have been using it to make grilled cheeses, and I use their tortillas to make a cheese quesadilla, and I am in heaven. Hero Bread tastes great, has a terrific texture, and helps you meet your nutrition goals. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use happier at checkout. That's happier at H-E-R-O dot C-O. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. They can dress themselves. They can clean up after themselves, allegedly. 
Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Yeah, Jack has green light. And one thing I love is that it includes a chores feature where you can set up one time or recurring chores and reward kids with allowance for a job well done. Gretchen, we used to mow the lawn. How much more motivated would we have been if we'd had funds deposited when we completed the hut chore? Mm-hmm. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash happier. That's greenlight.com slash happier to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash happier. Okay, Elizabeth, it's time for Demerits and Gold Stars. And Elizabeth, this is an even-numbered episode, which means it's your turn to talk about a demerit. Yes, so Gretchen, my demerit this week is a reading demerit. So I was reading a book that I didn't love, and I just wouldn't stop reading it. And that is the demerit. So you know, you and I have talked about so many times that you do no one any good when you try to keep reading a book that you don't really like. Yet it is so hard to just put a book down. And so I was neither continuing to read the book because I really wasn't into it, nor was I reading anything else because I was still reading that book. So I just kind of froze And I know I shouldn't do that. I know I should just put it down. So knowing that I was giving myself this demerit, and this is why it's good that we do demerits, I was coming here to Laguna Beach and I said, I'm not going to bring that book. I'm going to bring other Mm -hmm. books and that will force me to abandon it, which I finally did. Well, that's a great solution. But I do this too. And we have talked about it and I fervently believe it with all my heart that it's like there are too many good books to read. There's not enough time. If a book isn't that good, put it down. But there's just something about a book that it just, I used to think it was my own feeling of responsibility, but now I I think there's just something about the process it's it it takes an, a kind of an astonishing amount of discipline to just say I'm not going to finish it and I agree I did this too with a very mediocre book and it was long and okay so I second this let's recommit to yes. reading books we love yeah especially it's yeah. summer there's a lot of time to read I don't I want to get through books that I yeah. love and just you know let the other yeah. ones go Good. so I'm recommitting yeah. recommitting yeah. Gretch okay what is your gold star Well, I'm giving myself a gold star, and this is reading-related as well. So one of the things that's important, you know, sometimes we have these assumptions about ourselves um, that can be limiting. You know, you think, well, I'm not good at this, or I don't like that, and so you don't try it again, or you don't give it a second shot. And sometimes these are so deeply held that they're hard to even recognize. Um, They just feel so such a part of your identity. And I realized that I had had this assumption about myself that I'm somebody who can't read in the car, that I get car sick if I read in the car. Mm. And I just sort of never questioned that. And then I had a book that I loved. See, to your point about having a book, and I really was just like, wanted any minute I could to read it. And we had to go somewhere in the car, kind of a longer trip. And I was like, well, let me see if I can read. And I could read, I had read for like 90 minutes before I started feeling like, okay, I'm, wow. I'm, I'm getting, a, 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 I'm starting to feel it in my stomach. 
But that's a lot of reading time. Yeah. And so I was very excited about having this reclaimed possibility for myself. That is so good. Yes, I would never try to read in the car, but maybe I will. Yeah. And also, here's a bonus gold star. And Chuck, this is a gold star for you that we got from a listener. What? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, Chuck. Beth writes, huge shout out to Chuck. You two have the best audio of any podcast that I have listened to. There are many that are very annoying because the sound goes in and out or the speaker has a different volume than the guest. It makes a huge difference. Thanks, Chuck. Welcome. We second (laughs) that. Yes. Chuck is very patient with yes. getting the sound right and very patient with us. So um, he is he is the expert. Well, thanks. Uh, oh, no, I hope the uh, iPhone in the hotel room isn't going to spoil this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Of all this episode might be um, yeah. not up to Chuck's usual standards. Yes. But yeah. Chuck has to work with us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, Chuck will have to work his magic, but it's within the it's within the realm of the possible. But that I agree, I've become kind of spoiled because there's a podcast that I listen to. I won't say which one, and I know I'm not the only one to notice it because apparently they mention on the show how often people complain about the fact that their levels are way off. And I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. So thank you, Chuck. Thank you, Chuck. The resources for this week. Uh, the Happier app is on Twitter. You can follow at The Happier app and you can get near yourself better questions, ideas for aims, lots of different stuff. I mean, if you're using the app, be sure to tag The Happier app in your tweets because we love hearing what people are working on and how they're using the app. So that's great. And I'll post links to that in the show notes. Also, I mentioned my store where there's a bunch of things to choose from. Last weekend was our Flash summer sale, and we are extending that sale exclusively for Happier listeners, and that features 30% off select items from the Happiness Project collection. You can go to happiercast.com slash store now through July 31st and use the code HAPPIERSUMMER30 at checkout for 30% off t-shirts, travel mugs, water bottles, patches. Check it out. Yes, I was looking at the sale the other day, Gretch. Yes, you were. You're such a good sister. (laughs) You emailed me. Thank you. Um, Now, what are we reading? Elizabeth, what are you reading? As I mentioned, I am listening to These Precious Days by Ann Patchett. And we know you're enjoying it because you're still listening. You're you're yes. not you're not didn't put it down. That's right. And I am reading The Last Days of Roger Federer and other essays by Jeff Dyer. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Revive a dormant activity. Let us know if you tried it and what was the dormant activity that you revived. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter, at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, please send a, a text or an email to a friend of this episode or any episode. As we talked about, this is a great way to show someone that you're thinking of them or to give them information that you think would be particularly useful. And we certainly appreciate it because it helps other people to discover our show. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward.
So listen, I think it's ironic that um, on the episode where Chuck gets his gold star, which is so well-deserved, it's like the biggest craziness with our with our audio and video that we've had in, I, in a long time. I know. I know. I, I'm terrified what he's going to have to go through to get this episode <laughs> put together. I know. But it's yeah. funny. Next time we'll be back in our own offices. Yes. From the Onward Project. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well. Now it is on Homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. <laughs>